You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What up? This is Hog Talk Preview Edition Week 4. I am Michael Bumpus along with NASA Choby. The Hawks are going to Florida, going out to MIA to play the Dolphins. But before we get into them, let's check out this injury update. Thanks, Bump. Well, head coach Pete Carroll stepped to the podium as he does each and every week and gave a bunch of injury updates on our long list of injuries. Starting up first with Jamal Adams, who left Sunday's game with a groin injury. Yeah, he's pretty sore. Um, just talked to him a little while ago. He's pretty sore right now, and uh, we just keep going day to day and see what happens. He's massive treatments to you know to try to accelerate the, the return and all that. He's doing like some of our guys do. I I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't put anything past him that he, he couldn't pull off. So at this point, he's working really hard at it, and we'll see what happens. We don't know enough to tell you about the weekend at this time. On the positive side, uh, Chris Carson, Ethan Posick, and Damian Lewis definitely seem to be on the up and up. Uh, all three of those guys were at the walkthrough today. They're all out there and, and participated in the, the full walkthrough. Chris is really sound and positive. Um, Damian looked pretty good, and, and Posick was, was all right. So... Um, might get a real good turn from those three guys. And finally, special teams captain and heart and soul of this football team, Nico Thorpe, who missed Sunday's game with a groin injury, is hoping to get a go this week. Nico's trying to play this week. He's going to try to go for it. We'll see how, he, how he's doing. we got to buy as much time as possible uh, with, with the groin thing, and, and so we'll see how he goes. All right, Bump, before we get going into the show, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, don't forget, every Thursday night at 7 p.m., it's Hawks Live on 710 ESPN Seattle. Let my boy Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer prepare you for every game with their insight, analysis, player interviews, and a behind-the-scenes look at the next Seahawks opponent, the Miami Dolphins. Let's get into it. Who's next? Who is next? I will tell you who is next. MIA, the Miami Dolphins, they're one and two. Uh, they lost to the Pagers and the Bills, and they beat the Jags. So that's not saying much. Uh, they got their first win of the season on Thursday night football, had their color rush jerseys on, 31 to 13. Fitzpatrick is over there, Devontae. A team we should beat, though, right? Is that safe to say, Nance? I mean, looking at them, they're one and two. They've had losses to the Patriots and the Bills. They beat the Jags last week on Thursday night football. Um, just looking at it, look at the Seahawks. They match them up on paper. This is definitely a game I think the Seahawks should be favored in and should handle. Miami, they got off the schneid last week, beat a Jacksonville team that's been struggling. Um, they played the Bills, who've been playing pretty well. They lost to them and dropped one of the Patriots. So, honestly, I, d- I definitely think this is a game that they should definitely take. A game they should take. All you U-dubbers, you dogs, you huskies out there. Miles Gaskin is, is out there. He's playing decent football. He's rushed for 40 yards, 46 and 66 last week. Um, in the past game, he has about 90 yards. So if there's, I wouldn't say these husky guys are going to cheer for the Dolphins, but you guys have a, a guy that you can root for out there in Miles Gaskin. Um, this football team isn't the best in any category and they're not the worst in any category. They're kind of the bottom half of everything, right? They're good enough to where if you sleep on them, they could beat you, but they shouldn't beat you. When you just look at the numbers, a total offense, the Hawks are ranked ninth. They're ranked 26. Um, 
pass offense. Hawks are ranked fifth. They're ranked 25th. So that means this defense is going to be able to handle this pass offense. We're going to see it all turn around. I got to remind the people, they played the Falcons, okay? They played the Patriots. Julian Edelman didn't expect that performance, but he did have a great performance. Um, and then last week, they played Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Dak threw for a bunch of yards last year. He's got some ballers, so maybe this is the week that they get the pass game under control. Oh, this has to be the week. This absolutely, without question, has to be the week. The Dolphins, like you said, they're a pretty middle-of-the-road football team. They don't have any receivers that are going to impress you crazily like we've seen in the Falcons. They don't, there's no Julio running through. There's no Cam Ridley. Yeah. There's no Gallup. There's none of those kind of guys that are coming out. There's no Edelman. So I think this is a game that the Seahawks' pass defense really should get off the schneid because, unfortunately, when you look at the Seahawks and the Dolphins put together, when you get in the defensive categories – Seahawks are at 32nd, dead last in total defense. Pass defense, dead last at 32nd as well, giving up 430 yards per game. Um, I think these numbers, I'm not going to try to put a Seahawks spin on it. They're not good, right? <laughs> but I think these numbers are going to get right starting this week, and I think that's going to be a trend as we move forward as they kind of get some things figured out defensively. All right, I think they will. If they don't, they, I will panic. I will panic if they don't this week, all right? But I think they will. This is the week to do it. But now let's get to know these Miami Dolphins. Let's talk about their history a little bit. Know your history. So, know your history. The Seahawks and the Dolphins all-time. Miami leads the series 8-4. to four. Uh, The last meeting, uh, the Seahawks won 12-10 in the season opener back in 2016 with this last-second touchdown to Doug Baldwin. Second down and goal from the two. No gain. Kristen Michael play fake. Little alley-oop pass to the back corner. Hit Baldwin. Touchdown Seahawks, but he might have pushed off. There's a flag in the end zone. Let's see. There's no foul for defensive. No foul. Touchdown Seahawks. Now, that was a great moment. Steve Rabel, really just iconic voice. But you know what was special about that game, NASA Chobie? What was special? It was your very first game as executive producer for the Seattle Seahawks. Now you're at 90. You're not a young buck anymore. You got a young face, but you're not a young buck anymore. Hey, you know, time is flying by, man. I can't believe 2016 was my first season. That was my first regular season game at Century Link. It was kind of a typical Seahawks fashion. We started slow, came out big at the end. But, no, I'm honestly just blessed to be around as long as I am. I have no plans on going anywhere. As long as my key cards <laughs> keeps working, I will continue to come to the VMAC every single day. So it's been a blast said going on in my 90th game and it's happy to hang out with you and the guys every weekend now bump so the last time the Seahawks were in Miami they lost 24 to 21 in November of 2012 I remember that game pretty vividly I think Earl Thomas had they I think Bruce Irvin had a rough in the passer call late and Earl Thomas had a penalty they come back and they beat us after that game consequently Seahawks went on a run went on to the playoffs but mm -hmm. Seahawks haven't had a lot of success in Miami over history. The, our last win there was in 1996, but one of the most important wins in Seahawks history, we talk about no in history, was when they won in the Orange Bowl in the 1983 Divisional Playoffs. It is all over. The Seahawks are heading for the American Football Conference Championship game next week. Chuck Knox at the Orange Bowl with Reggie McKenzie hoisting Chuck on his shoulder. And along with Paul Johns are giving Chuck Knox a ride toward the dressing room. The Seahawks have beaten the Dolphins here in the Orange Bowl. And our final score this afternoon, Seattle 27, the Miami Dolphins 20. Now, the Dolphins were no joke in the 80s. The uh -huh. Dolphins, I was, that was a franchise. That was a franchise in the 80s. So for the 
Seahawks to go down there, Chuck Knox getting hoisted off the field. That's good stuff. Let's get some of that 83 vibe going down to MIA yes, this sir. weekend and and not make some history, but just do what we think the Hawks are able to do. So now we talked about the Seattle Seahawks. We talked to our, excuse me, the Miami Dolphins and their history with the Seahawks. Now let's talk about this NFC West. What's the word? And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? What's, ooh, I'm sorry. Look, or what's the word in the West? I'll tell you what the word is. The Hawks are 3-0. They're leading this division, the toughest division in football. The Hawks are at the top of it. The Arizona Cardinals are 2-1. The Rams are 2-1. San Francisco 49ers are 2-1. But we expect them to take a nice little dip. They got lucky. The, the 49ers, I should say, got lucky these last couple of weeks. Is they're playing football in New York, and New York football is garbage right now. So that two and one can be a bit deceiving. Yeah, no, and, and it's I mean it's I guess it's a credit to them through battling through all the injuries that they've had. They're obviously not the only team in the NFL that's struggling with injuries. Obviously, the Seattle Seahawks have been decimated by injuries so far, but the Niners, their schedule is going to get a lot tougher as it keeps going. So I would be really surprised if they can kind of continue to ride this wave, especially as so many guys have been hurt. Garoppolo might be coming back sooner than later, but it'll be definitely interesting to see if they can stay above water. They're fighting. They're fighting to stay afloat. I mean, that's what you do in the NFL. So many injuries this year, and they probably have been hit the worst. So, um, like last week, you said you don't really feel for them, but um, you understand that this is something that football teams go through. Now, the Rams, man, they lost a heartbreaker. There's a P.I. late in the game. First off, let's describe the P.I. So this is the way I saw it, and you, you let me know what you okay. saw. I see a receiver who fires off the football. To me, it's it's hard for the DB to tell if he's running a route or if he's blocking. Right. If that receiver is going to block him, that DB can engage. DB a receiver comes off the line, doesn't move the defender, goes right at him. At the top of his route, the DB grabs him thinking he's blocking. He lets go. The ball flies over the receiver's head. So technically, it is a pass interference because the ball was in the air and the DB had hands on him. But in reality, I'm kind of like, that's tough for the DB to see that. He's supposed to see the man and the ball in the air. And I mean, it's, we said it before, it's tough to play DB. Uh, as a DB, man, he got host, man. It's, it's just so, it's so difficult. Like you said, he came off the ball and ran right at him. Because at yep. some point, like, you're entitled to that space too, right? I understand he kind of because he thinks he might be blocking him, so he kind of gets his hands on him. But I think that's such a bang bang play, and the ball sails over his head. I think they got hosed on that call again. Uh, it's the NFL, so you can't leave it to the officials' bump. You can't leave it in their hands. <laughs> so I don't feel bad. And then also, I mean, they were they were done early. I thought that game was over when we were doing our yeah. pregame show. I mean, they were down twenty to three in the third quarter. I thought they were going to get boat race, but they went on to score twenty nine unanswered, took the lead. Unfortunately, couldn't get it done. Couldn't get it done. And Aaron Donald, this continues to be one of those guys. I mean, goodness gracious, six tackles, two sacks, three tackle for losses. And QB is now, there was one play where he manhandled two two guys at one time. It was center and a guard. He just big boyed them, get out my way, got to the quarterback. It might have been one of the most dominant plays I've seen in sports since when Shaq used to get the ball in the paint, drop step, and just yam on dudes. Like, this guy is a different I want to see what his daddy and his mom look like. Like, who made this this animal who's out there just wrecking stuff? This is a specimen, man. I mean, the things he does to other grown men who also get paid a lot of money to play this game. It's unbelievable. And another play, he did that same thing. He just takes the guard, puts him on his back, and then literally with one arm, 
grabs uh, Josh Allen and just tosses him to the ground like he was a child. Like, get out the club. You're done. I mean, Aaron Donald is a problem, and that is one dude that when the Seahawks play the Rams that you will be scared of and have to account for. You got to double that man on every single snap. Every single snap. Every snap, double up. So now let's let's talk about the Cardinals. Now, um, Kyler Murray's having a decent year. He struggled a bit last game, 23 for 35, 275, with two touchdowns but three interceptions. Um, what are your uh, – now, I look at Kyler Murray play, and I'm like, this is one of the most exciting players in the NFL. He's not a one-trick pony. He can throw the football. Um, he's one of the leading rushers in the league running out the quarterback position. But you're going to get days like this out of a second-year guy who kind of relies on his feet to make plays. Not a horrible game, but not a great game by Kyler Murray. No, and it's – I mean, this is a second year. That's the, I think that's his 20th regular season NFL game. So, I mean, you're going to have games like that, um, like you said. I'm not going to call him a gunslinger, but he has that ability to make plays. So he's going to get outside the pocket, and he's going to try to force things in. He's going to try to make plays. And I think if there were, was a knock on Kyler, sometimes it's okay to not make the big play. Sometimes it's okay to throw the ball out of bounds. Sometimes it's okay to go down. Sometimes it's okay to play for another down. Um, and he's going to learn that. He's still, like you said, an incredibly explosive and good football player. Um, he's going to have a couple more of those games throughout the year, but then he's also going to have a lot more of those wow games. So it'll be interesting to watch his progress as the season goes on. Gift and a curse of being so explosive. Could you imagine in high school he never lost a game, went to college, can do whatever he wants on the football field. Um, this is probably the first time to where he can do almost everything he wants, but there are times where it's just going to happen. But like you said, he'll get through that. So now, now we got to look at these matchups. We got to man them up. Who are we looking at? Hey, who man is this? Who man is this? Man up, man up, man up, man up on Hawk Talk. Man up, bump. All right, so obviously we know the main matchup is the quarterback, and that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Some call him Fitzmagic against this Seahawks defense, okay? Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's the kind of guy that is going to put up yards. He's going to put up numbers. He's going to throw the ball a lot. This year, 69 for 97, 679 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions, and I said it at the end. He's going to put up a lot of yards, but he's also going to turn the ball over. He's going to turn it over 164 interceptions. And I've watched him on film this year. And when you get pressure on him, he's not afraid to step in and throw the football and get smacked. But because of that, he's going to take a lot of chances. And NASA Chobie, you talk about this defense and they're not getting after the quarterback and the defensive line, all these concerns you have, but the Hawks have 18 knockdowns. 18 QB knockdowns. So they're they're getting there. They're just not quite finishing the play. I think that's like top three in the NFL. If they can put pressure on Fitzpatrick early and force him to turn the ball over like we know he does, um, that's going to be a nice start or a nice start to really changing the perception of this defense. Absolutely, and it's about everyone getting confidence. I think if the defensive line can finish some of those plays, it's like at the end of the game where Dak, Ryan Neal gets the interception, but – Dak's got to go down right there. The game should be over yeah. right there because you had him dead to right. So if that can start there, we saw Shaquille Griffin get an interception last week. So um, I'm kind of hoping that he continues to do that. And they just need to take the ball away. Um, the one thing I will say about Ryan Fitzpatrick is he, as old as he is, he is still somewhat elusive, man. I mean, he, he had a couple of scrambles is. last week. He had a design quarterback run. He had a little QB draw to empty for a touchdown against the Jags. So, like, he can still scramble and make plays. I mean, you want to get him in those situations where he throws us the ball, but he's still more elusive than one would think. 
And honestly, when I look at him post game, I think Miami quarterback. He has oh, the, yeah, the, the button ups mm-hmm. with the with the taco meat chest hair out. Like he's he is Miami. Oh, so, absolutely. But we're gonna count him and turn the ball over. All right, we talk about one quarterback. Let's talk about probably the hottest quarterback in the NFL, Russell Wilson versus the Dolphins defense. Now, when Russell has a clean pocket, um, he has the highest completion rate, 85%. Golf is at 80. That Prescott is at 80%. And last week we saw him work for most of the most of the game, a clean pocket. This offensive line is doing better than I think anyone thought they would do in pass protection. Let's not forget um, five touchdowns, back-to-back games. Brady, Breeze, Favre, Montana, and Manning combined have two. This man has done it in back-to-back weeks. It's it's crazy. I mean, that stat, honestly, like just to, to, when I look at this piece of paper, we talked about this a little bit on the preview podcast, but to have to throw for five touchdowns, no picks, and when you lead your team on a game-winning drive, then Russell Wilson's done that three times in his career. All those guys you mentioned, Brady, Breeze, Favre, Montana, Manning, Hall of Famers, they've only done that twice combined. So that just kind of shows combined. you the level that Russell Wilson's playing at. He's at another level. Russell sats through three games, 79 for 103. That is 76%. He's completing 925 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, one pick that honestly is the most least likely scenario you can ever think of. Greg Olson on an easy out, which he's ran thousands of times, hits him right in his hands, bobbles it, pick six. I almost want to erase that from that yeah, whole me deal, too. but you can't. You know, 139 passer rating, 91 rushing, rushing yards. The Dolphins are allowing 267 pass yards per game. So you're saying Russell is going to do his thing this week. Honestly, like I would be surprised if the stat line did not read Russell Wilson, you know, 25 for 29, 325 yards and four touchdowns. If I saw anything less than that, I'd be surprised. And the only Reason that might not happen is if our running game really gets going and we get out ahead early and we're just kind of grinding down the clock. But I expect Russell Wilson to continue to keep doing what he's been doing all year. Miami has a 25th ranked passing defense, the 25th ranked rushing defense. Everybody should be able to eat. Another matchup, Miles Gaskins versus Seattle Seahawks front seven. He has 38 carries for 152, 15 receptions for 91 yards. UW legend. He went to O'Day, I believe, right? Yep. Private school up here. Went to O'Day. So he's Seattle through and through. He's going to have fans there. His ticket request is going to be crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. No, we're in, we're in Miami. What am I talking about now? Well, I mean, there were, I mean he can, he, he's going to have to pay for them. <laughs> and there's only like 20,000 people down there. So he's going to really, maybe only for mom and dad. That's probably about it. Mom and dad. Okay. That's about <laughs> it. Mom, mom and dad's getting in. But I, this is a good football player. He's not a horrible football player. He's a good football player. I think he's like top 25 when it comes to numbers in the league right now. But he's just not a guy that you're like, hey, if we don't shut this guy down, um, it's just it's just not going to happen for us. And they don't have many guys like that, I feel. No, I mean, like you said, I love Miles Gaskin. He's a UW legend, uh, ran for over 1,000 yards four years in a row. Obviously great to this region, but you're right. He's a solid running back, but he's not, he's not the league's best. He's not an Ezekiel Elliott type guy. Now, the last couple games, the Miami Dolphins – Last week against Jacksonville, they ran the ball 30, 36 times and threw it 20. Now, that's just not going to happen this week against the Seahawks. The Seahawks are the number yeah. two ranked rushing defense in the league. They're not going to be able to run the ball as much as they did. They came out in a lot of heavy personnel groups, two tight ends, 12, sometimes 22 personnel, all that kind of stuff. Against the Bills, they ran it 22 times, threw it 47, and that's what I'm expecting to see. Lots of empty personnel, lots of 11 
10 personnel grouping. So I expect them to be throwing the ball a lot more. But that doesn't mean Miles Gaskin isn't going to be involved in the game. Like you said, he had 22 carries last week. I still think they're trying to mix him up. But he's a guy that if he does go off, that's a huge problem. It's going to be a huge problem. You mentioned that. The Hawks have the second-ranked rush defense in the league, only allowing 66 yards per game. He rushed for 66. If you're watching Seahawks film, you have to throw the football, right? Throwing the football has to be a major part of your game plan. And for the Dolphins, a major part of their game plan when it comes to throwing the football is Mike DeSicke. 12 receptions, 175 yards, and two touchdowns. He's the team's leading pass catcher, but he's probably not the best receiver on that team is Devontae Parker coming off his first thousand yards season but it's nice when you have a one-two combo I guess this isn't a combo that scares me it's not Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley um it's not Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup it's not even Julian Edelman uh and whoever Cam has over has over there with them so uh this is a receiving core and tight end group I guess that they should be able to handle and if these guys go off this weekend, as if Jasicki and Devontae mm. go off, I'm not I'm not panicking right now. I'm a, I'm a bit concerned. I'm a bit concerned right now. Right. But if these guys go off, I might just hit the panic button on this past defense. Yeah, no, it'll be really disappointing. I mean, like you said, it's not the same caliber of offensive players in terms of explosion, in terms of skill set, in terms of all that. So they need to be they need to come right this weekend. Um the tight ends, though, like you said, um, Gasecki is their leading receiver, and maybe not their best receiver. He's their leading receiver in terms of yardage. But if they want to run the ball, they're going to mix in a lot of tight ends, a lot of motion, that kind of stuff. So Seahawks defense, Seahawks linebackers, they got to be just disciplined, get stuff done, don't cover grass. When we're, in, when we're dropping in a zone, find somebody, lock up, and we should try to shut them down, you know? As Ray Roberts would say, this is the get right game. Yes, Let's sir. Get right, baby. Get these things going. Now, there's some things they have to do to win this ball game. Path to victory. Let's get it. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. All right, there are some things that this team needs to do to win this ball game. First, it is create turnovers, especially when Ryan Fitzmagic is trying to sprinkle magic on this game. You have to get after him, make him be uncomfortable, force him into those throws that he wants to make. He wants to Brett Favre this thing. He wants to throw from the hip. He wants to have different arm angles. He wants to look left and throw right. He's going to do whatever it takes. This is this man's, what, eight or nine team. He ain't worried about nothing. Ain't no. worry about nothing. I'm just going. I'm just going to play some ball. Make him turn the ball over. He wants to put up a bunch of yards. He's going to throw the pill a ton of times. He's going to, like you said, try to squeeze it into small windows. Here's my thing: path to victory. I don't want to see Ryan Fitzpatrick in his Miami shirt, you know, with a button <laughs> down to his chest. I don't want to see that with some cool glasses on because that means they won the game. So I don't. I don't want to see any of that. Force him into turnovers. If you do what you're supposed to do, get pressure on the on him on the quarterback. You he will throw you the ball. Make him do that. Yes, he will. Another path to victory. Everybody can't throw for 400, okay? Let's just, let, let's, let's cut it the streak now. Fitzpatrick can't do it. He, he throws for 400. They're, they might be in this ball game. Yep. If he throws for 400, they might be in this ball game. Let's stop that streak Sunday. Need to. And honestly, what is it? We're, we're, I know we're 9-0, but let's just retire it at 9-0. Let's put the banner up. Yeah. Let's retire it. Let's just never <laughs> see those numbers ever again, okay? It's over. Done. It's a wrap. Done, Dilly. D-line needs to answer the call. Benson Mayoa has shown that he can make some plays. Alden Robinson, his first start or first time getting playing time this year, uh, sacked two tackles for losses. 
Um, haven't heard much from Puna yet, you know, but granted, he's an interior lineman. He's not going to get much love. He takes on double teams. This D-line just needs to step it up, and this should be the week to step it up, a team, an offensive line that you should just dominate. Absolutely, and I, I want to hear I want to hear LJ Collier's name called on a bunch. He's been making plays yeah. a lot recently. I want to ha- hear Jay Reed's name. I want to hear Benson Mayo's name. I want to hear all those guys' names. I want to see them finish plays. Like you said, we're getting the pressure. We're starting to get some QB hits, pressures, and knockdowns. We need sacks. We need you get there, get him down, force turnovers, just like Jay Reed did when he came across with Dak and Mayo refum- recovered the fumble. We need to see more of that. So when I was in high school. Ken Norton actually coached my rival high school, Hamilton. And we play him every year and we smack him every year. This needs to be Culver City versus Hamilton. <laughs> Hawks need to come out and just impose their will, do what the heck they're supposed to do at all positions. Another path to victory. Russell Wilson is the MVP of the NFL through three games. Needs, needs to continue to play like that. Five touchdowns. I, I feel like he doesn't need to throw five. You can throw three, maybe four, you know, but Um, let's not rely on him too heavily and get other guys going like Carlos Hyde, who's going to have an opportunity to get a start this week. Yeah, no, I mean, it'll be great if Russell goes for five, six, seven touchdowns again, but let's spread the wealth out, right? Let's get the running game going. Let's get the receivers going. Let's get everyone going. We don't know what Chris Carson's status is going to be. We're going to figure that out. Probably closer to game time decision, but let's spread the wealth out and let's help Russell out a little bit. Yep. Last path to victory, DK and Tyler, just keep doing your thing, man. Both are on track for 1,000 yards. I said it on the Danny and Gallant show this morning. As of today, week four, they are the best duo in the NFL. DK is third in yards. Tyler Lockett is tied for receptions. DK is averaging 24 yards of reception. Um, Tyler Lockett is 24 for 29 when targeted. I, I look at this duo as of now. We'll see how the season ends. But as of now, best duo in the NFL. No question about it. I mean, these guys, they're not getting the love they deserve nationally, but if they keep doing it one by one every single week, they're going to let everybody know. Both of them are going to be in the Pro Bowl because it's the... Luckily for us, I don't think we'll be able to play in that Pro Bowl. That's a pipe dream (laughs) way down the road, but they keep doing what they're doing. They're going to get the recognition that they deserve nationally, and it's going to be great. Remember, guys, you can find complete Seahawks coverage on 710 ESPN Seattle through the 710 ESPN Seattle app or at 710sports.com. 17 ESPN Seattle, the voice of Seattle sports. Our pregame show gets going this weekend, bright and early at 7 a.m. 7 a.m. They're going down to Florida. I'm Michael Bumpus. He's Nash and Chubby. This is the Hawk Talk Preview Week 4. Hopefully we have some good news for you guys next week. Have a good one.